everyone. You're listening to Save Me an Aisle Seat, the show that talks about musicals in an understandable and relatable way. I'm Katie, and I'm joined by my fellow musical enthusiasts, Amber and Kylie. Hello. Also joining us is our musical newbie, Matt. Howdy. Howdy. <laughs> in this week's episode, we are going over Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. This one is a bit different, as in our Spotify, we've listed both the original movie soundtrack and the London cast recording. The movie soundtrack doesn't have nearly as many singing songs as the Broadway rendition, but its songs are a lot of fun to dance to. So they're both, like, tucked in there. They're not separated, they're just in the one playlist. And uh, the only songs written for the movie are Bless Your Beautiful Hide, Wonderful Wonderful Day, Go and Courtin', and Sobbin' Women. So, just so you know when you when you listen to it, it's weird. But there are two separate albums in there. So let's go into a bit of the tumultuous history of Seven Brides or Seven Brothers. The musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers is based on the 1954 film of the same name. And the musical actually also has a book attached to it. And the film itself is based upon the short story The Sabin Women by Stephen Benet, which is based upon the ancient Roman legend of the rape of the Sabine women. So basically this whole story is based upon the legend of the Romans stole a bunch of women from the surrounding territories while the men were out. So this is a Musical based on a movie, based on a book, based on a short story, based on a legend. Yeah. It's, in, it's Inception. So, <laughs> the theaterception? I don't know. It's Playception? Playception? That's easier to say. It's weird. Either way. Yeah. It's weird. And also, I mean, just the legend itself. And it's it's fun. so dumb. Like, who read that and was like, you know what? I'm going to make a musical. Because if they're songs, it's okay. Yeah, that makes it okay. It makes it slightly more family-friendly. Yay! Slightly. Slightly. So, the musical Seven Brides for Seven Brothers was first performed in 1978 in the U.S. and actually saw Howard Keel and Jane Powell reprise their leading roles from the film 24 years earlier, so that's pretty cool. They got to come back and redo it. Yeah! Um, They were a lot older but it's fine yeah only 24 years older i mean that's that's fine they were like 50 it's fine (laughs) it's normal (laughs) Um, so they continued with the show on a pre-broadway quote-unquote tour that played limited shows in st louis kansas city missouri toronto and atlanta which is a selection of cities there yeah and that we got it twice like (laughs) missouri was like i gotta have that Missourians really freaking love this kidnapping story. (laughs) (laughs) The show actually went on hiatus before it was supposed to reach Los Angeles in November of 1978 and remained on hiatus for a couple months, so until January 1979. Then they played three Florida venues before announcing its permanent end, this iteration anyway, in February of 1979. Florida. You know... Floridians. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Killed uh, it. <laughs> it's the Gators. The Gators ate it. <laughs> so it's not actually clear what caused the show to close, but there were a few reports that attributed it to like squabbles between the cast and the producers, which is fair. While others said that it was probably just because the show wasn't making a lot of money on its investments, which also, also fair. is understandable because, I mean, kidnapping. Not, not a big moneymaker, that one. What? No. <laughs> My business model. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but the musical was revived in 1981 
as a showcase for singer Debbie Boone that led to it being launched for an 18-month U.S. tour starting in December 1981. And it actually opened on Broadway in July 1982, seeing Debbie Boone as Millie and David James Carroll as Adam. And while audiences had a positive reaction to the shows, they didn't actually fare well with a lot of the Broadway critics because it just, you know, just didn't work well for them. And after a severe review, actually, the show closed after only five performances, which shows you the power of the critics. (laughs) Yeah. But this spurned on a series of picketing and protests by fans and some of the cast calling for the review to be taken down and the show to reopen, which it never did. And a little funny fact is that Debbie Boone was not among the protesters because, I mean, she she kind of got more than what she had wanted originally anyway. She was just doing it for a showcase, ended up on Broadway, and I guess she was just like, eh, that's all I need. I honestly didn't expect to get this far. <laughs> I'm not going to protest. I'm doing great. <laughs> I mean, she got what she needed out of it. She so. she did. She did indeed. So despite the show clearly not doing well in the U.S., right? Clearly. It actually opened for tour in the West End starting on July 2nd of 1985. It ran for a full 41 performances. Whew. So the U.K. was like, yeah, we love this show. Go kidnapping. Go do hey. it. Hey. <laughs> Women are garbage. Get it. <laughs> so, so yeah. So like Katie said, the recording that we're working off of for this podcast today is the cast recording from London. So there you have it. Although technically London didn't have the rights to the show, which actually caused some weird protests. But I guess that all resolved itself because it went on for a lot of performance. Yeah, it's 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 a really weird circumstance. Like the surrounding territories had rights to it, but for some reason London didn't. But they did it anyway, and I guess someone was just like, well, it's making money, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. So then the show, for whatever reason, went underground for like 20 years. Right, like... Because I guess, I don't know, the 90s were weird. Didn't have no (laughs) room for kidnappers. (laughs) Um, And then popped back up in 2002 with a tour in the UK, and then a tour in in Madrid in 2003. Which is, yeah, such such an odd thing from doing 41 performances in 1985. To disappearing until 2002. So I don't know the span of time that those 41 performances were across, but I imagine, I mean, it's not, they can't have been like too many years. Like, because, you know, you rent out the theater for the performances that you're going to do. So I don't, I don't know. It's weird. But in 2005, the show was revived in Connecticut. Again. Again. Mm-hmm. It's back from the yes. dead. Yes. You um, can't kill it. Could not kill the show. But yeah, so it came to Connecticut here in the US and they actually added some new songs, such as Where Were You? I Married Seven Brothers and Glad That You Were Born, which do add a bit of a bit more life to the show. But the additions actually came along with a revised book and added humor. So it did well with the critics because these little additions and re- and revisions kind of sort of fixed a lot of the show's shortcomings like you can't get rid of all of it obviously it's pretty terrible but it did enough to the, where the critics were like this is okay we'll, we'll it's allow passable. it it's, it's passable, passable. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not the worst anymore <laughs> but the plans for a national tour from 2005 to 2006 didn't actually go through but it was revived again at the West End from August 2006 to November 2006. So not too long, but it was in the U- West End again. 
and it re was revised again and came back to the U.S. in 2007. And this one, while it did focus on the Connecticut revival, it added in a lot more of the slapstick humor that was seen from the film. So it kind of combined some of the, both of the best parts. And a fun fact about this one, this rendition, was it actually ended up saving, there's this uh, theater called the Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. It actually saved this theater from going under, like this, this theater was open for like 69 years or something, and it put a lot of money into this show. And they thought they were going to go bankrupt because originally it wasn't projected to do so well. But the show ended up making enough, enough money to keep the show in service and to keep the theater in service. Yay. Yeah, Some so good game out of it. It did something, so sure. Yes, we've had a lot of Londoners coming for vacation. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was. Right. Well, on that note, the show actually went on another regional tour in the UK in 2008 and then disappeared for another couple of years because that's just <laughs> what the show does and popped back up in September of 2013. It was actually a new restaged version that went through the UK and Ireland. And then in 2015, it opened in Regent's Park Open Air Theatre from July to August 2015. This rendition earned fantastic reviews for its choreography and just the way that it revamped on all of those like, really old, outdated views. So, it's getting better over time, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, in 2015, it went on a second U.S. national tour. It played in over 30 states and was actually followed by an eight-week sit-down at the Broadway Palm Dinner Theater in Fort Myers, Florida. So, back to the Gators. Back to the Gators, where it may or may not have been killed off because we haven't heard anything since. It's Which fun. is fine. I'm sure it'll pop back up again because the it show never dies. To do that. Yeah, it's yeah. and I know this is one of those shows that a lot of smaller theaters do as well. I know I've seen it a few times around here, and I know people have been in it as like high school shows or like small community theaters. So it's still around. I wonder if it's like easy to get the rights. Maybe just because it's so old and so like used. Yeah, that's my guess. I'm not sure what goes into getting rights for a show, but we could look into it. You have to pay. You have to pay for it, just like it, like most anything. You have to pay for like how much you're gonna right. do and the printing of the scripts and stuff like that. So, yeah, I wonder if it's and who determines all of that. The people that own the rights yeah. in the first place. But like, I'm we'll, gonna do, we'll do an it's episode fine. on it. I'm sure we'll I'm do like a bonus episode because I'm curious. All right. Well, not right now. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> right now. Right now. Now with all that gobbledygook info out of the way. Let's go ahead and jump into the actual show, which it is a shorter show. Not a lot of bones for this one, but we're going to jump in and tell you the story. Act one, here we go. The show takes place in the 1850s in Oregon, and we are introduced to Adam, a mountain man who goes into town seeking a wife to run the household of himself and his six brothers. And there he meets Millie, a waitress at a local restaurant, and they hit it off right away. Of course, you know, musicals. We ain't got no time to waste. Right. Give Dude. me a wife. <laughs> Give me that wife. I need it now. <laughs> so the two rush into marriage, despite everyone, literally everybody, telling Millie that she should take some time to think about it. And if they move up to the mountains, like, that's it. She can't come back and whatever, because it's up in the mountains. But they do it anyway. And then they move into his ranch in the mountains. And unfortunately, here is where Adam reveals his true personality. I guess he was in the honeymoon phase before. 
but turns out he's just a huge slob who is inconsiderate and ill-mannered and basically just thinks that uh, his new wife should take care of him and know her place behind him and just do whatever he says. So it's great start to a relationship. Yeah. But marriage. But marriage, though. Yes. <laughs> so not only does Millie have to take care of Adam, right, and his just terrible personality and his mess and his just bossing her around, but she also has to take care of his six brothers, who she did not realize, I guess they weren't part of the wedding vows, so she had no <laughs> idea that she was also going to have to take care of them. Yeah, she's like, oh, I'm just not even going to, like, tell you that I have six brothers that also live with me. Secrets. Gotta, gotta keep the relationship alive. Gotta start off strong. Secrets. I don't know. Right. <laughs> so, so Millie is trying to figure out how, do we, how she's going to take care of all seven of these men, right? And so she just is like, I'm just going to handle it the best way I can, and I'm going to teach them how to be better people. And so that's what she does. She teaches them how to treat women, how to talk to them better, just be better men in general. And she does a lot of this by teaching them how to dance. That's pretty cool. Yeah. You know, this is a show that's very based on choreography, so she teaches them how to perform their ways and teaches them to dance. And then they all go out to a uh, barn raising in town to party it up. Yeah, so it's, it's, one of, it's one of the better songs and better, like, morals of the story is, like, her teaching these these men who I guess have never interacted with women ever how to, like, treat a woman properly, you know? What are women? How do? <laughs> like their brother. Right, unlike their brother, because no one ever bothered to teach him. <sighs> but so the boys, so they all go down to town and they're having a great time and they're having, you know, they're looking at all these cute girls and each of the boys actually each meet a girl that they like at this barn raising and they start courting them, you know, the way Millie told them and they're being real nice and they're dancing with them and stuff. Unfortunately, each girl already has another suitor who are very jealous and they end up chasing the brothers out of town, which kind of sucks. You know, these boys really like these girls. And they didn't really have a chance. So when they get home, Adam reads them the story of the rape of the Sabine women, telling his brothers that if they like the girls, they should just, you know, go kidnap them and bring them home. The 1800s version of Goodnight Moon. <laughs> it's a regular old bedtime story. Yep. Because kidnapping women is the way to go. Yeah. Uh-huh. I really I thought I solved all my problems. Just kidnap the women's. It's not great. So with that little idea nugget in their head, we go into intermission. Yay! Yay! So thoughts, comments, being mad about the patriarchy. I have a lot. Weird. Yes. Very weird. It's very outdated for sure. And it's got how many revivals? Too many. Too many. One should never raise the dead. <laughs> At least well. that many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not one with this um, ideology behind it. So, uh... Yeah, I just... I just want to know, like, first off, who looks at a story of kidnapping women and is like, yes, musical. Yes. And then looks at a musical and is like, yes, I'm gonna make this better musical. And then someone else is like, yes, I'm gonna perform this musical. Like, what? Like, I'm I gonna add slapstick. That'll fix it. <laughs> if I make it funny, it's okay, right? Kidnapping is okay with humor. 
treating women badly is great with humor. <laughs> you can get away with it. It's funny indeed. <sighs> so, yeah, so we're all disappointed. Let's go with disappointed about this story. <laughs> and I guess let's go, let's just go ahead and go to our theater fact, Kylie. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> so, theater has a long-standing history in America. First theater here was built in Virginia in 1716, 60 years before the Declaration of Independence. Mm. Following suit, the first playhouse built in New York opened up in 1750. However, the first play recorded in New York was 18 years prior to that. Nice. Got that street performance. Hell yeah. You can't stop theater. It springs up wherever. Jazz hands. Jazz uh, hands. Yes. The unstoppable tide of theater people. <laughs> you cannot stop the theater. Although I read somewhere it was like, like churches were actually originally against theater, including religious plays. Like, because I guess the church is just against everything, but it was like, for in, in America it was also banned for, I think, somewhere in the 1800s. They were like, no, mm. you can't do it. But, I mean, people keep doing it because we like entertainment, so. That's really weird. Yeah. I'm sure that, that history fact will pop up somewhere in one of our later episodes, but yeah, it's very weird. Okay, well, no one has any more thoughts or comments about the first little act. Let's jump into Act 2. So, with this fresh, new, inventive idea stuffed in their heads, the brothers decide to sneak down into town in the dead of night and, you know, steal the girls. Just, you know, just, just kidnap them. It's fine. So, they... Terrible idea. It's, it's, I mean, yeah, absolutely. It's a terrible idea. Come on. So, since they live up in the mountains and there's snow on the mountains... They basically, like, sneak the girls through the mountain pass and then allow them to make a lot of noise, which causes an avalanche. And this avalanche successfully blocks off the pass, so it makes their house unreachable until spring. So, yep, these girls are stuck with their kidnappers until spring. Just however many months. We're not really sure. <laughs> it's magical. It's, ma it's magical months. They're never told don't yell when there's an avalanche possible. Right, like, stop screaming. Old-timey problems require old-timey solutions. <laughs> yeah. Quiet and sneak out at night when they're not paying attention. Yeah, of course. So, the girls are furious and crying by the time they get to the house. Same, I would be too. Yes. Mm -hmm. And Millie, because she's awesome, is all angry and stuff, and she scolds the boys and makes them go live in the barn, including her husband Adam, because, you know, it's all his fault, technically. Go sit in the corner. Yeah, she's like, you want to act like you pigs? Better. Go live with the pigs. Right. So, Adam doesn't take this well, and instead he goes off to live in his hunting cabin in the mountains by himself, saying how a woman should know her place and no woman would be in control of him because women are just to be used and blah, 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 blah. Go die okay. in the mountains. So, yeah. He just goes off and... Yep. Screw that guy. I'm gonna go make my own house with blackjack and hookers. Yeah. So now that everyone has, you know, been scolded by Millie and they've all kind of separated off and they're stuck here now because of the avalanche, yeah. they just live like all through the winter, the whole time. They're just dealing with it, I guess. <laughs> Which is fine. Totally. They're quarantined. Tries to escape. They're quarantined. <laughs> um, they're quarantined, right. So by the time spring arrives, uh, it turns out the girls end up missing the boys' attention. And find out that they're in love with the brothers. 
Uh, boo-hoo, Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, at this point, you know, it's fine. You can just, it's fine. So also, during all of this, it turns out that Millie was Prego, and so she has a baby girl. Very cute. And one of the brothers reaches out and convinces Adam to come back home and take care of his wife and child. Very, you know, honorable of, of him, and he actually comes back a changed man. So yeah. I guess this isolation was good for him. Only took his wife having a baby all by herself for that. Unfortunately for him, it was a girl. I he know. He looked like the good guy. Uh, yeah. And he wanted a son. Probably did. Probably. What a garbage human being. <laughs> garbage human being. I stand by it. <laughs> Fake man. Yep. So the snow clears up and the townsfolk charge back in to take the girls back. But they find that the girls are actually happy, and they want to marry the brothers. And the story ends with a shotgun wedding for the six remaining couples. So, yeah, a couple things about the movie. Like, I've only seen the movie. I haven't seen the stage production. Don't know how much it's changed. Whatever. So, in the movie, like, throughout the, the, the winter to spring time before the snow melts, however long this period of time takes. So the boys are, like, sneaking over and courting the girls, and so there's still interaction and stuff like that. It's not complete isolation. And then when the townsfolk come and get the girls back, like a baby cries or whatever, and they're like, oh, whose baby is that? And all the girls are like, mine. So they like all got pregnant and all had babies. That was a long winter. It was the longest winter. <laughs> so who knows? Who knows? So I don't know if that's how the stage production is, but there was some fuckery afoot. Magic babies. Magic <laughs> babies. And you get a baby. You get a baby. Everyone gets a baby. And that's it. That's the whole show. Wow. Yeah. The wow. end. I don't like that. I, I don't either. So, yes, I did pick this show to do, but I have never liked this show. And I feel like because we're doing... We're doing this show for funsies. We're doing this whole podcast for funsies. So we're I'm trying to have us do ones that aren't all good. Like obviously like Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark wasn't a good show. But Bono. This, Bono. Bono's like, you know, you can only take so much of that. But with this show, definitely like the story itself wasn't good. Like the music is great. I love the music. It's a lot of fun. And the choreography, which is why probably why it keeps getting revived, is great. Awesome. Story, garbage. <laughs> Just go kidnap a woman that you want, because that's normal. I pick you. What? <laughs> this isn't Pokemon. It's definitely not Just Pokemon. catch them and take them with you. Throw a ball at their heads and just throw them over your shoulder. Got yeah. another one. <laughs> so, so, yeah, I definitely don't like this show. And if... If this show has been revived, if the new renditions are great and the show is suddenly turned around and it's like, oh my god, the best thing I've ever seen, blah, 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 please let us know because we don't yeah. have that much context for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, seriously. Like, we're not trying to, you know, harsh on shows that other people might like. So, seriously, if you've got a perspective on this that maybe we're not seeing or you've, you know, you've seen a different rendition of it or anything, Please talk to us because we just want to understand. We yeah. just want to chat about these because we like musical theater. So seriously, reach out to us. 
yeah, reach out to us. You know, you can email us at savemeanisleseat at gmail.com or tweet us at saveanisleseat on Twitter. Either way, if you have a different viewpoint of this musical, we'd love to hear about it because right now it's kind of garbage. <laughs> yeah. And I know it's important to like take shows, take any piece of media in context. You have to realize that like this is based in the 1850s and it was like written right way back in the day too. And so there's a point, you know, there's a part of this where you just have to be like, okay, this is just a product of its time. But you also have to be like, this show, what it's based on is garbage. Like, it's not okay. It's and maybe a, that yeah. was how people were back then, but nowadays, like, that's just not, it's not accepted. It's not okay. And we shouldn't be telling people that it's okay to go kidnap a woman and make her fall in love with you and take care of you and your six brothers. Right. So, yeah. It's taken in context, but also be critical of pieces like this. Yeah, it's definitely a show that shouldn't have been revived as many times as it was. Yeah, that's weird that it like just kept coming back and back and back, and this is the story. Exactly. So, so yeah, so we we don't particularly like this show, but if you have a different viewpoint, we'd love to hear about it. But does anyone else have any final final thoughts about this this one here? No. <laughs> don't don't kidnap. Please don't kidnap. Please. This is a PSA from your local musical theater enthusiast. <laughs> don't kidnap people. Yep, that's gonna be our, our new hashtag. Hashtag no kidnapping. Having choreography does not make it okay. Just because you sing and dance does not make kidnapping okay. It's more interesting, but it's not okay. <laughs> Misogyny with song and dance added, still not okay. <laughs> <laughs> just just don't kidnap. That's it. Yep. And that you can take to the bank because we're standing by it. Yep. Oh, that note. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess, yeah, that's where we'll cut off the episode. So, so of course, thanks for listening to this episode of Save Me an Isle Seat. We hope you all enjoyed it, even though we dragged the show through the mud. We are going to keep doing what we love to do, even if that means we have to do shows we don't particularly like. But we hope you enjoyed our viewpoint on it, and we look forward to presenting you with more shows. So, yeah, also, if you could please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. I know we're on, like, Apple and Google and a couple other ones like that. If you could just leave us a review, it would greatly help us get more out there and get us more wonderful view, uh, viewers, viewers, listeners. That's better. More listeners like you. And we just look forward to bringing you our next show. I believe this is episode 11. I always get these numbers wrong. I don't know why I try. 11 or 12. I think it's 11. I think, I think it's, it's 11. 11. I think we're on 11. I think okay. I said last time was 11, but I'm pretty sure this one's 11. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on. It's insert number here. There it is. That's right. Matt always has the answers. So yeah, so join us next week as we go over Matt's show, Cannibal. Woo! Woo! Yep. Let's do this. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Say bye, Matt. Uh, bye. <laughs> <laughs>
We make this show just for the fun of it, but if you would like to support what we do, please check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash save me an aisle seat. This episode was brought to you by the Ragtag Network.